Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another live edition of Sports Blogger Radio. I am your host, John Larry, and with me is always Scott. Ooh, me, Balloony. Tonight we're going to be talking about the Boston Bruins with our good friend, Rear Admiral from Barstools.com. Uh, he's going to call in about 8.15 or so. Um, are, you talk- sa- are you going to give me Italian-like inflection names from now on? Just because yep. of the board? All right, whatever. All right, yep. all right, man. No more Irish names for you. You're getting all Italian now. So is it, you're, now you're just accepting my heritage as, as an Italian-American, right? I, 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 I have no other choice. Okay, because it's just the Italian inflection now. It's not even like the Irish nicknames. It's not like Scott McNamara or anything. It's just... Nope. Whatever. Nope. Calm <sighs> down, Mario. Oh, yo, I'm I'm calm, man. I'm calm. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm calm you, man. All right. What else? Uh, we're going to be talking about the Boston Celtics and their new hope. Uh, their new hope. <laughs> new, <laughs> new head coach and uh, their new draft picks. Uh, and our very popular uh, asshat of the week. And we're even going to throw in asshat of the month for last month. Um, and if we have time, we'll be talking about the Boston Red Sox tearing it up. Um, so with that being said, Scott, how was your 4th of July? How was your week off? How'd you spend it, man? Uh, don't remember most of it. Um, it was a good time, I think. Uh, you know, and I just want to say it's, it's, we haven't talked about the Red Sox much, but it's not our fault because Boston sports have been like insane for the past month. Yeah. They've been pretty crazy. And it's all, it's all gathered around the, uh, the Bruins Bruins and And like the poor, it's too bad we didn't have a show uh, a year ago, or else we would have been talking about all about Red Sox. So. You know, I'm kind of, I guess it's kind of encouraging that we haven't, there has been no bad news out of the Red Sox camp for a while now. Like, we're yeah. in first place in the AL, like, <clears throat> playing well, everything's going well. Big Poppy, best DH to ever play the game as of Wednesday, you know. It's it's nice to see that there's no, there's no crazy killings or trades or coaching changes happening right now with the Red Sox. Well, you know, the trade deadline's coming up, so we'll have to wait to see. So we will end up talking about them at, uh, at some point. At some point, yes. Just not for a little bit. You know, future. so there you go, everybody. You just got your Red Sox update from yeah. us. <laughs> um, there you go. So, man, what a week. Um, well, actually, I should say, what a holiday. Uh, the Boston Bruins, man. Making moves. Making a lot of moves. Uh, you know, a couple guys left on their own. Couple guys got traded, cough, 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 partying too much. Sagan, Sagan, you know, uh, is drinking his contract away. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll we'll get into that a little bit with uh, with Rear Admiral because uh, you know he's gonna. I, he's tells, the expert. Yeah, he is the expert. Someone tells me he's gonna have a little bit more insight on why this happened. Um, 
let's let's want to just go ahead and just start talking about the players and just you know the movements and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually want to kind of start off with a uh, sad but positive note. Uh, Andrew Ference, he um, he got a, a four-year contract from the Edmonton Oilers. Um, you know, they, what can you say about Andrew Ference, man? I mean, the guy left, and he still, you know. It has Bruins pride, man. I, oh, he's he's still contributing to the Boston community. I don't know if any of you guys saw. Um, there's this um, physically disabled guy. I forget his name. Um, I think it's Matt. He's a kid. He's my. He's a year younger than I am, I believe. He's at Stonehill College, and he's like a diehard Bruins fanatic. And like, there's pictures today on him of him giving away the uh, parents giving away the Rangers jacket to him just because like he he came and dropped the pucks, and he's been so active. This kid Matt in the Boston community. Um, with, with like Boston Bruins stuff like that, and like you just see how much love Andrew Ferentz has for Boston fans and the city of Boston, and just like yeah. even though he's an Edmonton Oiler, he's still like trying to give back as much as he can with the little time he has in in you know in Beantown. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if you look at you know the past couple of years, Andrew Ferentz has done things for you know the team camaraderie. I can't talk. <laughs> team Unity. Struggling today, struggling. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, for Team Unity, basically. And, you know, after after every game, they would, you know, kind of like a game ball type of situation, you know, yeah, you know, here's the, uh, here's the Ranger jacket. Oh, yeah, for those, the, yeah. For those who don't the, know, the Ranger jacket was like, I think that that tradition kind of started, they, I think that Mark Regney started it with something uh, back no, when it, it was, it was Well, it was Andrew Ferentz in 2011 with the ugly starter jacket. Oh, yeah, 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 that's the one. That's the that's, one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in 2011, that was the you know the starter jacket. In 2012, um, it was the the gold chain, uh, <laughs> the hideous gold chain. Um, obviously, we had the lockout, and you know this year was the Ranger jacket. So, but it's just it's kind of good to see that they went ahead. You know that he was that type of guy. You know he he was a great locker room guy. Oh um, yeah, for sure. And he he deserves as much respect as we could possibly shell out. Um, and hey, Andrew, if you're listening, which you're probably not, but if you are, good luck in Edmonton. Um, we we adored you. Hopefully, you have a successful career. Yeah, you know, I you can't say enough about him being in the community and just like you said before, he's been in Boston for what six and a half years. He got traded in 2006, and he was an important player on and off the ice. I think that his big his big contributions are mostly in the locker room though. And um yeah, you know, he he got the he got the assistant captain position in his later years at Boston. He absolutely deserved it and he's a kind of like a spiritual emotional leader. And so I mean, I'm glad that he's making some big money in Edmonton and he deserves all the best. I hope he does well in, in Edmonton like you said and although it sucks to see him go with the emergence of, you know, Toy Krug and Dougie Hamilton, you know, it's 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 it sucks to see someone who's that tied into the Boston system go, but at the same time, this is, you know, turning over a page in our defense, letting some new guys come up through the system and yeah, yeah. for a future. I mean, we talked about it uh, probably, you know, on the first couple episodes that uh, Andrew Ferentz, it was probably about time that they made a move. I mean, it's sad, but it was about time. Um, kind of a, kind of a shocking, um, a shocking movement. Uh, Anton Kadobin. Uh, I, di- I didn't expect him to, to leave, but he he left and he signed a one year deal with the um, uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Um, 
I, you know, he was 27 years old. He went nine and four and had a 2.32 uh, goals against average. I don't, are you as shocked as I am that he left? I expected him to probably sign. I mean, I thought that just because being behind Tukarask would give him such an opportunity. Well, that's the thing. Being behind Tukarask, it A, teaches you a lot about goaltending, but B, you're going to be behind Tukarask for the rest of your career. So yeah. seeing as well, camp, not the rest of his career. Well, for a long time, you know, he's I believe he's 27 years old, and which is younger, which is older than Tukarask. And well, um, if you look at it, he signed what? Like I said, signed a one-year deal for 800,000, and he's going to be backing up Cam Ward. Yeah, which is you know Cam Ward is on his way out a little bit. He's a he's a Fesno winning you know goaltender. What better guy to learn from to be a, a become an eventual? We saw that he's got talent. Definitely. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's and, why that's you know, why I'm kind of shocked. He's got a sparkling personality, and at the same time, I think the Bruins are too upset with it because we have Svedberg in line, and we also have uh, Malcolm Subban, who's one of the bigger goaltending prospects happening, uh, right, or exactly. in, that's been to the draft in a while. And um, you know, I'm not too crushed about this. I I love Dobby. I think his interviews were hilarious with Nalko Funayama, who I also miss, who's leaving Nesson. Um, but at the same time, not not that shocked. I'm, you know, Svedberg. He's gonna come in. He had a thirty-seven and eight, thirty-seven eight and two record with the Providence Bruins last year, which is like unreal. And right. two point one seven goals against and a point nine two five save percentage. Like, I think that he's gonna be able to step up real big. I think this kid Nicholas Svedberg has really got something to prove in the NHL, and I'm, I am looking forward to seeing him play. I, I mean, I am too. Like I said, I mean, it, it, it's a little bit shocking only because I. I I kind of expected him to sign, but um, the next guy is very. Yeah, I don't get this one at all. I don't get this one. It, uh, you know, he, he was a monster while I was here. Uh, Nathan Horton, he went ahead and he signed a seven year, $37.1 million contract with the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, um, citing, and this is what kind of gets me, citing that he, did, he had the desire to play in a quiet, Quieter hockey town. He also said that he went there because he liked the zoo. It's just a. This is just a weird. There must have been something between Bruins upper management and Nathan Horton because this is just weird. I mean, I don't know. I'm wondering if it had a lot to do with the the trade talks and this and that. And you know what? He signed a seven year, thirty seven million dollar contract. He had 109 points in 169 games played for the Bruins, and he was you know, uh, you know, he was uh, the 2010-2011 hero of the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs. And I didn't see this one coming at all. I, was, I think that most of us were completely blindsided by this. I expected him to be re-signed for something. Well, that's it. I, I the, Cla- oh, Sorry, but no, uh, Peter Shirelli said that this is a, the, potentially the best line in hockey, and he said that a bunch of times during the season. So it was just weird that he left like that. I well, don't know. I mean, they were they were pretty nostalgic during the year. Uh, they they came alive in the postseason, so that's why you know it, it almost seems like everybody's opinion kind of changed during the postseason. Um, and maybe he just didn't, maybe didn't particularly care for that. Uh, you know, maybe he figured, you know, oh, you only like me when I'm producing when it matters. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I just, I just, I don't know. It's a weird kind of. I'm not exactly sure what the circumstances around this are, and you know, just like hear, hearing the reasons, like he wants a quieter hockey town. And he want like he liked the zoo there. Like I mean, made, well, if you really think about it, what better place to go than Columbus? I mean, not a, not an original six. I never met a Columbus fan 
Um, I'm pretty sure that. Well, you know, Columbus is starting to, you know, Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky. Uh, he won the. Uh, <laughs> what the heck was that? Have you ever seen TSN? Oh, the no. TSN guys, the the anchors for TSN, they always have this this long running joke that it sounds like a cop's name. So whenever oh. they say like Bobrovsky, you're off the force. But whatever. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll, so I'll I can't help myself. Bobrovsky, you know, he won he won the Vesna Trophy. I mean, yes, he won the Vesna Trophy this year as the well, best goaltender in the NHL, I mean, and then. They have Marion Gabrick playing with there now, and they have a bunch of place, pe- people who came over from the original Rick Nash trade who are, you know, in step on. And, um, well, that's not, I'm not really talking about their team. I'm really talking more about, about the fan base. The fan base. It's quiet. It's a quiet hockey town. If he's looking for a quiet hockey town, it's the best place you can go, I that's guess. That's exactly my point. That's exactly my point. So, he def- I mean, we've heard from many people that, Oh, many athletes leaving this town. That you know, Boston is a very tough place. A uh, tough place to play. High expectations. Very high expectations. I mean, and he came here and he won a championship here. Um, so obviously, us fans are we we expect more, you know. And we we will always want more. That's the way we are. That you know, we can't help that. Um, a couple guys that came in that. I'm kind of interested on finding your opinion on. And <laughs> the biggest one is, and this is really, really funny, Jerome Aginla signs a one-year deal worth, um, actually, well, deal's worth $1.8 million base, and he he has the potential to earn uh, $4.2 million in the census. If you can't beat him, join him, I guess. I, I, I don't How? know, man. Like after just getting embarrassed and kind of you know, and and Lucci was even saying that him joining the Penguins after kind of committing to the Bruins was like kind of motivation for them to go for yeah. the sweep. Sure. And um, you know, I mean, uh, I guess you chose wrong, Bubba. Like I, I don't know to tell you, man. Like it, it's kind of. I can't like when I first heard about this move, I was like, at first, I was like, why would you do that? Like because this guy was, we hated him for a while. Well, and and I now mean, like we were so we were so excited because we thought we were getting him, and then we didn't. And then he changed his mind. Yeah, and then and he then, changed his mind. Now we have him. But when you look and, at it, like the deal, the one point eight million base deal, uh, it, it is still a six million dollar cap hit, which kind of sucks. But at the same time, the fact that there's so many incentives, but like the playing bonus and the performance bonus, like he's basically this is kind of a cap friendly deal where he'll get the bulk of his compensation and the table performance bonuses, which is kind of what Mark Recchi did. And, um, I'm not, I'm not against the deal. It's just weird. It's just weird. It is very weird. Especially after you expressed your love for Sidney Crosby and how you want to play with him. And now you're on the Boston Bruins who you just, you know, snuffed because you wanted to play with Sidney Crosby. I just, I just find it a little, little strange. It is a little strange, but you know what? I mean, I'm glad to have him. He's one of the three active NHL players with more than 500 career goals. He ranks third. He has 530 goals, trailing Yarmir Yager, who the Bruins will not be re-signing, and Timo Solandi, who I hope continues to play. Um, now, last... let me let me quickly ask you this because uh, you just brought it up, and I know Rears are going to be calling in in probably about a minute, so we'll go ahead and talk about this. Yammer Yager, are you are you kind of disappointed that they're not going to resign him, or he doesn't, or he's not going to come back, or are you? He's like, like whatever, like the, like the wandering travel legend of hockey. I think he's just going to bounce around now. I mean, it's um, 
with the team that we currently have, the top six we currently have, consisting of, you know, Bergeron, Marchand, Erickson, and then Lucic, Krejci, and um, Aginla, like, there's no spot for him on the team, I don't think. I, yeah. I, I'm, of course, because he's a legendary human being and his, you know, mullet will forever live in the Hockey <laughs> Hall of Fame. The golden um, mullet. <laughs> I, I will miss him, and I think that he contributed to this team in a very positive way. And um, it sucks that he's gone, but at the same time, I'm not like I'm not heartbroken. I think that right now the team is looking pretty good um, in terms of who we our, our roster and our offensive lines. So yeah. you know, Yager gone, yeah, whatever. But I think that he's. I mean, I, I think he's fielding offers right now from the Montreal Canadiens and the Carolina Hurricanes and some other teams. So we'll see where he ends up. Ultimately, wish him all the best. And I think he did a great job playing the role that he was supposed. To, like he came in to play with the Bruins, but I yeah, think his I, time I, at Boston is now kind of it's it's done. It's that was just you feel that was short lived. Yeah, I mean, he he came in. We were looking for someone to fill that kind of veteran void, and now we got Aginla, who was who we originally wanted. So, although it is an awkward situation, like we got we got who we wanted. It's it, I don't know what else to say, but yeah, it is very very. It's, awkward. it's, just, it's awkward. Like oh, like you didn't want to come here, but then we kicked your ass, and now you do. So I mean, like. It's just, it's kind of awkward. I don't know, but it's okay. I can deal with it. Yager, so long, buddy. I'm going to miss the mullet, but... Um, yeah, 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 it's, uh, it is kind of sad. All right. Um, like I said, I don't know when Ray is going to call in, so I'll go ahead and go into the next topic. Uh, Tuka, the Boston Bruins signed Tuka Rask to an eight-year, $56 million contract. Now, I know we've talked before the show. We both are in full agreement. Eight years, way too long. Two years, two Ks, way too many years. It's, it's, I, I mean, the money. I don't have. I don't so much have a uh, problem with the money. It's, it's the years. I mean, uh, and because Tuka, he's earned that money. Oh, no, he's a $7 million goaltender, like, absolutely. I think that he's just as good as any goaltender in the NHL, if not. Absolutely. I mean, Uh, I think that he showed in the playoffs that he has a potential to be one of the best goalies in the NHL. mm -hmm. Um, At the same time, though, like, goalie longevity, not great. Um, And and, in eight years, like, man, oh, man, that is a long time to have a goaltender collecting seven mil. Like, I'd be fine with a five-year deal. Well, that's, that's that's what I was talking about. You know, with with five years, it just seems it just seems more more friendly to the the Bruins and to Tuca. I mean, you know, eight years. You know, I, I just I got I can understand. I mean, I see why they did it. They really want to lock him up because I think that he's 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 still a young guy. He's in his I think he's either twenty four or twenty five at this point. Um, yeah, he's still a young guy, and he's, he obviously you know he can he's got he's got the game. Yeah, he can play at an elite level. There's no doubt about that. He's proven it this year, you know. But it always like whenever I think of long term goalie contracts, I think of like Rick DiPietro and like how much that has sucked for the Islanders. Like, and you know it's it's tough because. Goalie is, you know, there's so many ways you can get hurt, and and it's such an important, you know, position. And it's not that I'm worried about injuries or any of that stuff. It just there are so many variables that that there's so many things that could happen in eight years that, you know, could change a team. And right. you know, I just think that eight years is a long time. I would have been more comfortable with maybe a four or five uh, year deal where we have, you know, an option to re-sign them later in the future. 
and maybe for less money, granted, I mean, or maybe more money, depending on his play. But at the same time, you know, it's it's tough to predict that far in the future. I think that that's a kind of a risky move. And, you know, just looking on Twitter, the reactions are pretty mixed. Um, a lot of people are, like, really supportive of it, and a lot of people are not supportive of it. I was one of the proponents or one of the people who are not as supportive of it. I don't know. I mean, you said you're not a big fan of the eight years, but I'm just, yeah, eight years. It just seems like, um, it just seems like a very long time. And I know he's young, just like you stated and stuff. It just seems that they that they maybe added a couple more years than they probably should have. You know what I mean? Like five or six, uh, I would definitely be happy with that or happier with that. I should say, um, Right. And now the, another question is, where does the money come? Where is the money for, um, you know, Patrice Bergeron's contract extension? Well, that's, that? that's that was going to be my next question to you, because with with uh, Bergeron being coming a uh, unrestricted free agent next year, uh, you know, they're going to want to lock him up. And I mean, they'd be dumb if they didn't. Oh, he's a franchise player for sure. Oh, no doubt. I mean, he's, and he's proven there's no doubt that he's proven his toughness and, you know, and his, his will to win and stuff like that. Um, but with Tuka Rask getting, uh, you know, 7 million and you're still paying for Mark Savard being not playing. Um, yeah. Right now the Boston Bruins cap payroll is at 70.5 mil, which is about 1.4 mil over the cap hit. So we're, you're allowed to, ha- you're allowed to have, um, you're allowed to be over the cap hit um, until camp ends, until like um, training camp ends, and yeah. then you have to you have to go under it. Yeah. Mark Savard is still making four mil a year through the 2017-2018 season. It is very probable that he'll be placed in a long-term IR because we need that money in order to be under cap hit. But at the same time, that's not enough money to get you know to to lock up Bergeron for a deal that that's you know enough money for him you know right exactly um, looks like we got Rear calling in right now so I'm gonna go ahead and answer that phone call hello Rear are you there I am here gentlemen sorry for the delay no oh, no worries no buddy. how you doing good how's how are you guys doing all right we're doing okay bud we're uh, uh we're just talking about the the Boston Bruins situation right now and uh, what I kind of wanted to bring up to you is what I find to be a very shocking trade, you know, between the Dallas Stars and the Boston Bruins. What's your take on that? Uh, yeah, I was I was pretty shocked myself. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, uh, I I thought when they didn't make a deadline deal day, uh, particularly for one of the first, you know, top three picks, then then I thought they okay, a mission accomplished. They they kind of fire uh, shot across his bow and get his attention and see, you know, kind of kind of knock the crap off here. We got to start getting serious and. Right. Uh, I guess they weren't. They weren't bluffing. They uh, they they went and they they got a, a pretty good deal done. Uh, initially, I was my gut says, excuse me, we're giving up on this kid too soon, and they they may well be, but uh, I think uh, you know everyone's is got reminded he's 21, he's 21, he's 21. But conversely, he's also been in for three seasons, and he hasn't shown a hell of a lot of improvement uh, in his off ice uh, social activities. I mean, you know, Joe Haggerty wrote that he was. Uh, he was showing up at the uh, Toronto's ACC building, you know, the, the Leafs play. I mean, in the same clothes the night before. I mean, I, I mean, what the hell? Well, it's the playoffs. Where are your priorities, kid? I mean, it's yeah, 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 exactly. I, I get it. Exactly. I, I was 21, and nobody liked to chase beer and broads more than I did. But it, it's <laughs> like, you know, I wasn't getting paid millions of dollars to be a professional hockey player, though. So, it, right, just, exactly. it, you know, the Bros weren't a, a, a priority for him at the time of year when they needed them the most. And I think with, the, you know, a $5.75 million, uh, 
salary staring down the barrel of it this year. I, I think they said, well, you know, we can spend our money better and more wisely and in the process kind uh, of put some things down for the future. And, you know, first you, know, you get all the initial shock, you read up on it, and you realize, you know, it's actually a pretty good deal, you know? Yeah, I think that it's actually a really good deal. I mean, I was reading up on uh, Frazier, Smith, and Morrow, and these these prospects are all pretty promising. Um, and, you know, Louis Erickson is, you know, he's also a good player who, you know, a couple of seasons ago, I believe it was two seasons ago, was like a 70-point player. I mean, Very underrated. I mean, very yeah, underrated. I think he is really Dallas, underrated. Exactly. Dallas has fallen off the map. I mean, they did win their cup in 99, and they, they kind of were popular. But they've been kind of one of those teams that's been struggling at the gate, and uh, they did make a spirited run for the playoffs last year. They do got some good young players, but but uh, we just pull for their top player. Huh? You know, Erickson, he's he's a potential All Star. He's and he's a finished product. He's 27. He's uh, at the peak of his career. He should be. He's in his peak right now. And you know, the Bruins are getting a known commodity back. Whereas I think with Sagan, they think he's somewhat of a wild card. And as far as Pevely, I, I mean, I think a lot of Bruins fans would would have been content if they created him wherever for even a fourth or fifth yeah. round. And that's not to discredit yeah. him. It's just a salary cap era. You, you need to make Roman. You know, he was going to be making way too much money uh, commensurate with what kind of production the Bruins were getting from him. So, you know, throwing him in there, you know, you can even say whatever. You know, they would have got whatever for him. So you can almost, you know, you're getting Sagan for, for almost four guys because I think they were going to just dump heavily wherever they could, you know. Yeah, I definitely agree. Now, Rhea, I, I wanted to ask you, do you think, you know, with Sagan coming out, everybody always told him how great he was. And, no pun intended, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, those tweets! He's got to get his Twitter under control. Actually, did you see he, del- he deleted his Twitter? Yeah, yeah, he finally did. And I mean, you know, uh, I I know the hack sounds like a dumb thing, but I, you know, I wouldn't completely rule out that. You know, uh, I mean, someone might be just effing with him. Not you know, just someone you know, he might have a password someone knows or some. You know, I I don't think he'd. I mean, it may have been his friend the first time, but, you know, the kid might have, you know, there's a lot of crazy people out there and access, you know, to, to people's information. So, you know, I'm not defending the kid. I think, you know, he, he's still got a lot of growing up to do in some regards. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, it, it's quite possible that somebody, you know, legitimately hacked, hacked into that. I, I don't know. It's just like the fact that that password would even be out there in the first place just, like, leads me to believe, oh, he was drunk at a party, gave away his Twitter password or something like that. Just, like, right. lack of lack of professionalism in, in general, really. I Like, uh, I, I know you were asking a question, John, but real, okay. real quick, did do a lot of Bruins insiders, like, know about the security guard and the hotel room that he's locked up in? Because I personally didn't – I wasn't fully aware of all that stuff. Like, I didn't know that was no. a huge problem for the Bruins. I, I, you know, I've since either heard or read that the, um, you know, the, the team was staying at a hotel, and, and, and there were guards there anyway. You know, when you, when you have a, you know, basically famous people stay in a hotel, they always have extra security. And I, I think uh, they may have been there anyways. Now I don't know if there was one right outside his door. But I don't know if that was kind of, you know, slanted the story to make it sound like that, but. Point being, he, he, you know, he, uh, the other thing about him showing up in, in Toronto and, you know, last, last night duds and stuff, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know who, I mean, I certainly, you know, I, I just remind him, I'm not a, technically a beat writer, I, you know, I, I actually do have a normal full-time job and I, I kind of do, do do this on the side, so I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't travel, uh, I'm not with the team on, on a day-to-day basis, I mean, I, I do get there when I can, so, I, you know, it's not something I would be privy to now, I, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to know who, who among the press corps did know, and, and you know, it's like, well, you know, that seems like a, a pretty big story you would want to report, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. You know, young right. star player, you know, sh- showing up, uh, 
Oh, you know, probably half of the rappers still at 9.30 in the morning or whatever time. <laughs> that doesn't get reported by, and then I'm not just picking our local media, but there's, you know, Toronto media, there's, and it's, you know, it's, I know sometimes people have other, you know, they don't, they they, they know their bread is buttered, and they, you know, they don't want to upset the apple cart, you know. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's typical, it's typical. I mean, they say it happens in Boston, but it's everywhere. You know, a guy gets traded, and then, you know, now everyone feels free to print the stories about him, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like like I was um, about to ask, do you think, like I said, because he's been coddled his whole career, do you think mm-hmm. Kyle Sagan was a, um, do you think he was just too good for himself? You know what I mean? Do you think he was, you know, one of those guys like, I don't have to practice as hard as the rest I, of them because I'm Kyle Sagan. You know, do you think he was that yeah. way? John, I think that, I think that definitely, like winning the Stanley Cup in his first year, that might have affected it too, I think. But what, what do you think, Rear Admiral? I think, uh, yeah, I think he's a kid who's, you know, um, since he was probably 8, 10, 12 years old, I was younger than 12, you know, he was always the best player in every team. He was always the best player in every league because he was so, you know, so head and shoulders above everybody else that, you know, the kid probably never heard the, the word no too often, you know, for his whole teenage years. And, you know, listening to the the uh, enabling, uh, denial kind of laced quotes from his parents, and I don't mean that in, in an AA sense or anything, just like, you know, I think he's just a kid from the, no, from like, just kind of like, you know, the, I mean, I don't know how old you guys are, so don't get insulted, but I think he's kind of a product of this, like, late, latest generation of of uh, kids who are just, they, they don't grow up here and know from their parents, especially when they're otherworldly talented in the sport, and, and it's like, he, this kid has had everything handed to him and never heard no, and now he's facing some adversity, and, he, and he's not dealing with it too well, and you know, I mean, to have his mother in the paper one day and his father the next day, and you know, it's like, oh, kind of, the, the kind of the answer. Well, what do you expect him to do? And it's like, I expect him to be a professional. The kid makes, you yeah, know, and, you know, he can go out and have fun and chase girls and still do all that. But you know, he he, he was it was affecting it was affecting his play and you know the I fact that he's he's such a big component of the team too. He's a top six forward. It's not like he's Paul Bizanet on the fourth line. He's got to right. you know be committed to being a professional. Right, and he he uh. You know, I think he probably, you know, disappointed the Bruins just just a little bit too much. And, you know, they, they had an opportunity to say, you know, but, but sell high. Because, I mean, his stock, I mean, despite, you know, Shirelli's quotes around the draft, I don't think that was, you know, I don't think that affected his uh, trade price. But they they were able to sell high and, you know, get a solid player. So, I mean, a great player in Erickson, you know, three high-end prospects. And additionally, the, uh, Morrow, the defenseman, you know, it's almost like you know that the Bruins did lose a first rounder in the Yaga trade, um, but it's almost like they bring it in a first rounder you know, that they lost, and the, and the kid who's already got you know two years of development under his belt too. So I like right. I like Smith too. I mean, people under I mean, people uh, underestimate how good I think he is. He had 122 points in 121 games for Miami, Miami of Ohio, which is NCAA Division One. Like he's, yeah. he's also he's a very interesting prospect. I like I'm gonna keep an eye on him. I think he's gonna be playing in Providence. I want to see how he develops. But um, one last question before we move on to the Celtics, Rear Admiral, yeah. if you wouldn't mind. Iggy. Oh, okay. You took, you took my question. <laughs> the signing of Iggy is that awkward as hell? Like, how do you feel about that? Um, uh, to me, no. I, I mean, you know, he he did kind of you know leave the Bruins in the lurch at the deadline. He he made them his second choice and. You know, uh, the Bruins need, needed, you know, they, they they weren't in dire need of a right winger back then, but they certainly needed some, you know, veteran help for the playoffs when we ended up settling for Yaga. Uh, as far as, um, well, what's his name? Just, uh, oh, what's his name? Hang on, hang on one sec. Soderbergh? 
Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I lost. Oh. Uh, repeat that question. I, I I lost you on my uh, half a second. What was that question? Oh, we no, we're just, we're just, just asking about what, whether or yeah. not you feel like awkward about Aginla, or you think that it's a good it's a good buy right now for for Aginla going forward. Is he gonna is he gonna mesh well with the team? What do you yeah. think? Yeah, he's. I mean, if the, the Bruins wanted him and felt they needed him in March, and since then they lost three three right wingers, so he was a huge need. And as far as you know, the trade deadline diss and all that stuff, you know, the Bruins basically made him their second choice because the Bruins went balls out to try to get Daniel Albertson. He went to Detroit, so then they. You know what? I never thought so about it like that. You're right. I never thought about it like so, that. That's pretty cool, yeah. actually. Yeah. A symmetry there, and you know, it's, I mean, yeah. it's a business, and guy wants to win, and you know, he was good enough here a few months ago, and you know, I mean. You know, again, I don't think he makes him a less classy guy because he wanted to go with his best chance to win. He's up there. He hasn't won a cup yet. But, I mean, that's not even going to be an issue in the locker room. These guys, are they know they know the deal. You know, you you do what you got to do, what's best for you at the time. And, you know, that stuff doesn't carry over with the, with the players. I think he's actually going to be a, a, a great signing because, you know, he's he's up there at 36 years old, but that's still five years younger than Jagger and Recky when, you know, they were helping the Bruins out. Uh, he, he he looked good in the first two rounds of the playoffs. Uh, he obviously the whole Penguins team looked terrible against the Bruins, but you know, I don't know I don't know if they were using him in a, in a right spot. I, I think you know they were using him on the third line or what. I, I think uh, playing with Krejci is where people haven't penciled in. It could be a thirty goal scorer, and I mean the guy's could you know whatever five hundred goes to six hundred goals in his career. So and then they're not by accident. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I, I'm a, right. I think it's a good sign. Yeah. And thanks so much, Rare. Uh, we're going to go ahead and move on to the Celtics now just because we're running out of time. But uh, thanks so much for coming on and uh, talking to Bruins with us, bud. Absolutely, guys. Have a good night. All right. All right thanks, you too. Man. Take care. Bye-bye. Dude, Yaga. Yaga, man. Yaga. Love it. Love it. Dude, he is – oh, my God. That guy knows his stuff so good. All right. And, and so, for those of you who don't know, that was um, if you guys ever read Barstool Boston, that's a uh, rear admiral. Go go check out Barstool Sports. I know there's not a lot of sports on there nowadays, but whenever he posts something, it's worth a read. So absolutely. All right. Um, so now we're going to go ahead and move on to the Celtics and the new hiring that the Celtics have had, um, which I personally think is a great hiring. Uh, it's uh, Brad Stevens. Uh, for those that don't know, he's 36 years old and he's from Butler University. Um, you know, he hasn't – he's never won anything fewer than 22 games, uh, and he's led the, the Bulldogs to two national championship games against Duke and uh, Connecticut. I, and, and 22 is, by the way, a good – like, that's yes, – like, there like, sorry. There's yeah. like 35, 40 games in a season. So right, that's, 22 that's, games in college in, in college hoops. That's in, good. But, yeah. um, now, he's he's a player's coach. He's um, he's very, very, very smart. He's uh, He knows – he knows what to to adapt to. Um, you know, a lot of people feel that he's going to be uh, kind of like, you know, Rondo and him are going to go ahead and clash. I know we talked about it beforehand, so I'm not going to speak for you. So, but um, I think Rondo and Brad Stevens are going to be uh, like almost a match made in heaven. Yeah, uh, I mean, first of all, this guy, like you said, he's wicked smart. He's a three-time All-American nominee. He earned four varsity letters at DePaul University. Smart guy. He's the youngest coach to reach the Final Four since Bobby Knight did in uh, 1973. He, after doing some research, he looks like, you know, he's not, like, keen on dictating everything that happens on the floor. 
which means for Rondo that he has a lot of flexibility to be creative and run his offense, which absolutely is is really good because Rondo, you know, he's got a little bit of a personality issue. He's kind of a tough cookie. Um, well, I mean, you got to remember he was playing for Doc Rivers, and Doc Rivers, you know, he wanted his way. Which yes, and I'm not, and I'm not saying it. I'm not saying anything bad about Doc Rivers because Doc Rivers is a great, great coach, and he's going to do awesome in L.A. Um, but with with that. You know, with Rondo playing underneath Doc Rivers, they clashed. You know, and um, Rondo, just like you said, Rondo has his own way of doing things, and he's going to want to make the plays that he wants to make. You know, Brad Stevens is going to let him do that. You know, if he makes a mistake, he's going to tell Rondo how to fix that mistake. But he's not—he doesn't seem the type to get in his way. You know? Yeah, no, I agree with you, and I think that um, you know, Rondo. Like I said before, he's, he's got like authority issues, and he when we know veterans tried to coach him, like um, you know Ray Allen, they they right. you know, were clashing, and there was obviously almost a fist fight between Doc Rivers and Rajon Rondo. I'm not saying that um, you know Stevens is a pushover, but he's a guy. No, 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 he's not a pushover. He's a guy who will implement his system. He said there's going to be a lot of new lingo, a lot of new different, you know, a lot of different looks in the offense. At the same time, though, he's going to be able to give, you know. He's going to he's going to allow the rebuilding process to start with Rondo and he's going right. to allow it to be Rondo. Well, Rondo's going to be center stage this year I think with with Stevens. Well, that's, which, uh, he's Rondo is you know, he's basically the only superstar they have left if you think about it. That no, mean, no, he is the only superstar they have left. Well, yes, I mean Paul Pierce is gone, Kevin Garnett's gone, Jason Terry used to be a superstar is gone. Um he is the 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 one superstar they have and they need to rebuild around him and people you know, we've been hearing trade rumors for the past, you know, two years about Rondo about where right. we can where we can give him. But I think that this this coaching, this, this gonna, pairing, I think, great. yeah, I think uh, before they even think about trading him, and if they do decide to trade him, I don't feel that they'll do it until next year. No, they're not. But they're, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna give it a shot. You know what I mean? They're going to give it a shot. Rondo is going to be here until at least the trade deadline, if they decide to trade him at all. Um, Simply for that fact, you know, they, they want to see how well they're going to work together. And and you know what? I think that there's been so much talk about the rebuilding and the rebuilding, and people are talking about how the Celtics should throw this here so they get the best draft pick possible. I think they're going to turn a few heads. And I think so, too. Um, I'm, I, I, I'm optimistic, which is rare because I'm not really optimistic that much. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Well, um, you know, well, especially on a uh, rebuilding situation. I mean, I'm the same way. I, I – I, we thought the same thing about the Red Sox last year. Like, oh, they're just rebuilding, and, you know, we see how that turned out. You know, when you don't have a whole lot of expectations behind you, you're you're able to perform a little bit better, you know? Before the season was started, we were debating whether or not they'll make 500. Now they're in first place in the, you know, the AL with the best record in baseball. Right. Don't um, they, have, they have, like, a, what, a three-and-a-half game lead? I think I have a four-game lead with the win that just happened just recently, just okay. tonight. Well, all right, we're, going, we're getting off topic. Um. Okay, okay, but anyway, but anyway, um, yeah, you know, I think that we have a lot of good, you know, pieces that will contribute to the, you know, I, I, I guess I say rebuilding, but at the same time, I think we're gonna have a good team this season, full of young talent. Um, yeah. starting with our coach, who is a younger coach, and you have to remember. We're getting first round picks in 2014, 2016, and 2018 from from Brooklyn. Right. Um. And, you know, with with players that are developing, like, you know, Kelly Olenek and, um, you know, Rajon Rondo kind of, you know, centering centering the floor with, you know, people who can stretch it out with Jared Solinger, 
the big KO. And, you know, it, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, Jeff Green, it's interesting to see what our, what our needs are going to be come season, because I think that we could put together a, a good team right now. I think that this, this KO kid, he is, he is beasting up the summer league right now. I think that him and Rondo are going to do a very good job together. They're going to be syncing very well together. Oh yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the kids are averaging, you know, 17, 17.8 uh, points a game. Um, that's just, I mean, for a rookie to be doing that, he, oh, that, he's that was it. that was actually last season in the summer league. Right now, he's oh, averaging nineteen point five points per game with eight rebounds, three assists, and two steals on fifty seven percent shooting. Right, you're right. I'm sorry. The dude, the dude is just you know he's extremely impressive. He's the front runner for the Orlando Summer League MVP, and the hype is just it's absurd. It's just um, growing and growing by the second. <laughs> and you know, I think that. Um, I don't. I mean, obviously, he's not a premier player. You know, he's he's just in the summer league. He's playing against people who are not. You know, he's not playing against LeBron James. At the same time, he's dominating the people he's playing against, which is really encouraging for a team that's quote unquote rebuilding. And yeah. um, you know, Ko and Rondo, they're both guys who can stretch the floor. I wouldn't be shocked to see him like playing a significant amount this season. Um, and you know. If we can get good ball movement and we can, you know, if, if we can get Jeff Green going and we have, you know, KO and Rondo just stretching out the floor, I, I think that's really encouraging. And, you know, what? I think we're going to have a decent season. And people are just – people just decided to throw at the Celtics this year. And I think that was just – like, you know, after watching the Summer League and, you know, seeing the, the signing of Stevens, I think that's just out of the question. I think – well, I mean, I, I definitely think it's, uh, you know, people – the second – they went ahead and traded uh, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Jason Terry. I, I don't. I won't even really throw Jason Terry into that. But uh, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. Once they went ahead and traded those guys, everybody was like, "Oh, that's it. Yeah, the Celtics. Nope. You know, they're not going to do much this year. This and that." And I mean, granted, the season hasn't really started, but their pieces that they have have potential to be, you know, really good. Um, you know, whether it be re- you know soon. Or, or in the future, you know, they, they're definitely building up some good uh, young talent here. Yeah, just you know, Olenek has so many strengths to his game. I was just, I was watching some of the summer league games. I, I took some notes. Um, he's got great interior presence with awesome moves. You know, he, he can go either way off, you know, off the, um, off the post, and he's, he's, he, he's good from the floor. You know, in, in right. his most recent outing, he finished with 19 points and 10 rebounds and had six six of those rebounds were on the offensive, you know, side of the court. Right. And, you know, he was eight for nine on two-point field goal attempts. And from the, you know, he's a great interior threat and he can shoot on, on the perimeter too. He was he was draining threes the other day. Like, it was no big deal. Um, and he's been working on his his his, 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 his shot. And, um, wow, I just started so bad. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he's been working on his, his three shooting, abil- his three point shooting ability to try to impress, you know, his coach, obviously. And I think that's going to be really important because if he's un- like, if he's a unpredictable threat, that's even better for people like Rondo and Jeff Green, who are going to be having either layup opportunities or shot opportunities somewhere else in the court. Absolutely. Also, totally he's seven feet tall. You know, he's a, he's a big, you know, jump shooting big man. And I think that he's going to, you know, I think that him and Jared Solinger, it should be interesting who who gets the nod. Maybe if they find a way to incorporate them both in the system, but 
you maybe know, they can move, well, the thing is, is maybe they can go ahead and move, um, you know, Sully to uh, point, uh, not point guard, um, uh, power forward. Power forward? Yeah. I mean, it will be interesting to see. And um, I think that this guy has so much potential at this point. And I think that there's, you know, I was really, I was upset that we lost Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, the people I grew up look like, you know, watching. At the same yeah. time, though, this is going to be a very productive, you know, couple next couple seasons for the Celtics in terms of picks and in terms of young talent. Well, I mean, and, I mean, if you really think about it, seeing Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce uh, come back to the Garden was it eight times a year? You know what I mean? For the next couple of years, it's gonna be that's gonna be a tough thing to see. But you know, just like anything. We we it was time for us to move on. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, and it's as, as sad as it is, it, you know, it, it needed to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, a couple other uh, guys I noticed from the summer league games: uh, Colton Iverson, who we drafted in the second round. Um, you know how Kevin Garnett was maybe the most tough, intense guy in the league at the time. Yeah. This guy is like talking about breaking people's bones and like how he's never had an injury and he hates using ice because he's just that much of a badass. Um. And really, he he has been a nasty dude, and he's a, a seven foot player. He's seven feet tall. He's self identified his play as kind of nasty, and has claimed that quote I know guys don't like going against me, so I take pride in that. So whatever nastiness we lost with Kevin Garnett, I think we're I can see the logic behind this pick picking some of it back up. Well, that's I mean maybe they're looking for the Kevin Garnett clone. You I, mean, know what I mean, this guy. I mean, his shooting is is still got to come a long way. But the dude is is a gnarly player. He's he's quote broken a few bones of his opponents, and he, it's like I I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this guy. You know, like you know Rasheed Wallace, Kevin Garnett, kind of like in your face, like yeah, to get nasty right. players. Like this is well, what this kid sounds like. He's he's trying to bring to the Celtics. Which I think will be good. Uh, well, that's the thing. I mean, back I, I know you won't remember because you're, you're you weren't even born yet. But back in the '80s, when they had Ainge, when they had McHale and Robert Parrish, they. Uh, and Bird, they had a um, kind of a nastiness to them. You know what I mean? And that's good. That brings intensity. That That's maybe what they've been lacking a little bit, you know? I mean, he's a younger kid. Good for him. You know, if if, if he can do it and pull it off, all the power to him. Yeah, and the, there's the point guard, uh, Phil Pressey, who I know that we already have depth at the point guard position with Avery Bradley, but this guy, he has been really impressive. He's been turning a lot of heads. He went heads. He went undrafted out of Missouri. Um, little known fact, his father, Paul, was actually an assistant coach in the early years of Doc Rivers, and he spent a lot of time around the Celtics. And, um, you know, he made a push to get, you know, to go to the Celtics. And um, right. he's been he's been reminding me a little bit of Avery Bradley, but he's a good shooter. He has been heading the Celtics full court press on the defensive side, and he's been, you know, the, against the Rockets, he was like one of the big – one of the big reasons why there were 20 Houston turnovers that game. Wow. And um, he's been distributing the ball very well. And with Pressy on the floor, the Celtics have been plus 14 overall average. So that's, that's very encouraging to see that they're playing so well with this guy. And, you know, he's got great ball management. He's got good vision. He's been making, I saw him uh, yesterday make a really good pass to KO uh, out underneath the basket. And, you know, I think that this guy is actually a promising young player who might come up through the system. All right. Uh, and, it's good yes. that he's got ties to, you know, Doc Rivers and the Boston system already. Right, so I, just, right, I, think, exactly. I think it works, yeah. Exactly. All right, so we're going to go ahead and move on to our next segment. And, um, it's Finally. Our, yes, it's our very 
you know, very popular segment. Um, first of all, asshat of the month, all right? Asshat of the month is a is a average of who we went ahead and said, you know, the asshat of the week is. And that would be, the asshat of the month of June would be Aaron Hernandez. Congratulations, Aaron Hernandez. You, sir, won asshat of the month of June. I am very not proud of you for making this list. <laughs> um, so there's not much more to be said about that. He is a numbskull. Oh, so, numbskull. I mean, killing people, pissing away millions of dollars, like, you know, oh, he's not convicted yet, but the evidence is... It's just, uh, yeah. Mountain. All right. Mountain. <laughs> it just keeps It just keeps getting... Stranger and stranger by every day. I mean, every every time I'm watching ESPN, every hour, like, well, we found something else that ties that links yeah, Aaron Hernandez you know, with these dead people, like uh, secret secret apartments, secret compartments, you know, showcases, whatever. Uh, Just, people telling the cops that Aaron Hernandez said that he killed some people and. You just uh, it's not, goes not on. looking good for you, dude. Not looking good at all. Yes, that is why, sir, you win asset of the month of June. Um, now, this week's asshat of the week, and the award goes to Alfonso Denner. Yeah. You had single-handedly screwed up your New England Patriots career again. <laughs> um, this, this gentleman, he signed a four-year. $2.157 million contract, including a $60,000 signing bonus. You went ahead and pissed it all away by... by Something dumb you don't need to do. You DUI. You got caught with a DUI, and the NFL has put in a policy that if you are out drinking and having stupid fun like that, you can call and get a ride back to wherever you are. Um, so there was absolutely no need for that. Not, now, only, I, not only that, but, I mean, uh, first of all, the guy beat up a cop last, right, well, last yeah, year. Right. And he ended up getting, what is it, 60-day? Uh, 30-day he He's going to be serving a 30-day jail sentence in March of 2014. Right. So and he, he has to do like a hundred hours of community service with cops, and he's got got to pay a fine. And so um, he basically, he was able to finagle his way out of that for a very low sentence, so he could play in the 2013 season. Uh, and then he goes ahead and does a asshat move like yeah. this. And he's you know uh, he's on two years probation, and you know after. After the the hearing, the original hearing, he was talking about how he's going to be changing and how you know this is you know he's going to be committed to the team. And I think that one of the things that I mean I watched a lot of ESPN today because I was bored. I don't like usually watching ESPN um, because it's terrible. But everyone is talking about the scouting systems that the NFL has and why. I mean, first of all, with Aaron Hernandez being asked out of the month and doing what he's doing, and then there were two DUIs uh, in Denver a couple of days ago for Denver Broncos players, and now, and now this guy. Right. 
what what's the deal with all these guys? You know, well, just doing um, stupid stuff. There is a funny meme going around with the meme. And, you mean a meme? meme whatever. Oh God, uh, that was an that was an age thing right there. You didn't even uh, know it's not meme. Jeez. Whatever. Anyways, forty-five they, year old old John. Oh my goodness. Forty-five. I'm forty-five. Anyways. It's, it has the NFL logo on it, and it says, you know, big X through it, and says they've gone zero days without an arrest. Oh, now, yeah. It's, before that, it was six days. So I found that pretty amusing. You know, it's just, um, you know, w- with the Patriots who've been going through the jersey swaps and, you know, this craziness with the Aaron Hernandez, you know, going around and popping caps in people's asses and stuff. You know, it's like this is the last thing they really need. This is going to be a PR nightmare for the for the Patriots. Absolutely. Like, how do they deal with this? Like, do you do you now with Alonzo Denard, Alfonso Denard, do you wait for the investigation to happen and then release him, or do you release him immediately? Or well, this is this is why I stated that he went ahead and pissed away his contract because, um, again, like Aaron Hernandez, a lot of football talent, very. You know, very promising. However, yeah, is stupid. I feel that the Patriots are going to go ahead and cut this guy, um, just because they, you know, uh, you know Robert Kraft and I'm pretty sure Bill Belichick. They want to kind of remove themselves for any type of bad publicity. So, you know, I, I, I if he doesn't get cut within the next couple of days, then I, I pretty much see him getting cut by, uh, you know, the beginning of training camp. Uh, which, now. Now wait, so so just just on the on the topic of, of players and whether or not you should cut him or not. Yep. If this was his first offense, would he be cut? I don't believe it would have been. Um, if if it was his first offense, you you would definitely he would you know obviously he would have been suspended and I'm and if he wasn't suspended by the league, he would have definitely been suspended by uh, Bill Belichick. Um, so you he, think this is more of him not? You know, not making good on his promise to clean up his. You know. Yeah, it based it to me. It seems to me more of a um, you know, a a situation where I I promise I won't do that again, and he does it again, and now they're kind of like their hands are tied, and I feel that I feel that because of what had just recently happened with um, Aaron Hernandez, that they're not gonna be, you know. They're not going to go ahead and keep this guy on just because they don't want to deal with it. And who can really blame them, to be honest with you, with with all that? You know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, I see. This is a this is a question I was thinking about earlier. It's whether or not this guy is instantly dropped, or whether or not you you wait for an investigation and then you proceed to drop him, or what what the implication of a first offense is. You know, and seeing as you know, Robert Kraft got duped. I guess. Yeah, um, by his words. Yeah, by by yeah. Aaron Hernandez. And do you think that this is going to set a precedent in the NFL for much stricter scouting and you know no no BS you know um, policies now in terms of like tolerating uh, you know stuff like this? I, I do actually. Um, I I mean I'm not the biggest Roger Goodell fan because I don't I don't think he's very consistent on his rulings and stuff but if 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 you can go ahead and be duped by and you know Aaron Hernandez and you know he can get the uh, lucrative contract that he received then you know what it's it's time for you to start looking at the the scouting reports uh and how it's how it's functioned um 
if everything that they said is true with Aaron Hernandez, uh, you know, how he was in a whole lot more trouble than what was actually, you know, stated to begin with, then he probably should not have been drafted at all. Um, so I definitely feel that they need to go ahead and tighten that up. I mean, because would you invest that type of money into a person? Oh, no, no. If, if this guy's going to go ahead and piss away his career with personal choices, I'm not going to, you know, it's not, it's not, even if he's the best player to ever grace, you know, the earth, I'm not going to, it's not worth it for me to invest so much money and time into him and then him just, exactly. you know, stopping. Exactly. You know, even if, you know, it's, you know, we're talking about the, you know, even if it's, you know, t- Tom Brady from 2004 coming back or whatever. And, you know, I'm not, it's not worth it. No, it's not. I mean, and the, and the thing is, is, I mean, you, if you look at the, I know I'm using the Aaron Hernandez thing again, but if you, if you look at what the New England Patriots just did this weekend and, you know, Give us your Aaron Hernandez jersey, and we'll go ahead and give you a player with, you know, a a. Um, sucks great... if you got a. It sucks if you got a Denard jersey. Sorry, just no. <laughs> no. Well, I believe that they would only allow you three three of the players: uh, a uh, Vince Wilfork, Tom Brady, or um, someone else. I would take. I wouldn't take Wilfork. Well, I'm just saying, like, but just, just okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh, my point is, is the fact that they are basically trying to erase any type of memory that they have of this guy. You know, that says that says that, you know, they don't want to be associated with that, and that's great. They, you know, they got, you know, these guys are these guys are, uh, you know, heroes to kids. You know, these guys are, uh, you know, what these kids look up to, and. You know they don't want to be associated with that, and I don't blame them for that. So they—that's what I'm. That kind of goes back to my whole point about the scouting. It really needs to be done a whole lot better, so people like an Aaron Hernandez don't end up in, you know, in the limelight. And then you know these kids, you know, they go out and they spend all this merchandise and they buy the shirts and jerseys and this and that, and you know they go ahead and you know next thing you know they're looking up to a to a murderer. You know, it's it's kind of something that definitely needs to be looked at better. So is this going to be team to team or a whole NFL? I think that, you know, it should be across the board, every single, you know, the entire NFL. And you know it's like, I mean? you know, I don't understand why these people are doing stupid things when they're getting, you know, they're given everything. It doesn't make sense. That's but it. You know, whatever. Ass out of the day. Ass, ass out, out of the week. week. Ass out of the a- week. Alfonso Denner, you, sir, you won ass out of the week. Congratulations. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Why you do this? Why? <laughs> me? <laughs> um, all right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's edition of Sports Blogger Radio. I am your host, John Leary, and with me, as always, Scott. Who, me? Blooney. Yeah, okay. Um, we hope that you will tune in again next week to find out who the asshat of the week is that week and other lovely stories from us. Um, Hopefully more Red Sox. Yeah, I, I I think we'll make it a point to talk more Red Sox. Hopefully nothing happens in the whole, you know, Bruins, Patriots, Celtics town, you know, area, so we can talk about the Red Sox. Um, but until then, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Ben Junkies Radio, twelve o'clock p.m. Tune in, give these guys, give those guys a listen, and you know, support us. That's great. If I also. Quick shout out to uh, Andrew, our new uh, new writer. Doing good stuff, buddy. Thank you. 
Um, and that's about it. Find us on Twitter too, guys. All right, at Sports Blaga. Thank you so much for tuning in. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.